0: Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message.
1: Friends, we have ups and we have downs. That's life. Pinch yourself right now. Literally pinch yourself. If you're online, pinch yourself. And tell your neighbor, we alive. We alive. Tell your neighbor we alive. I was fighting a cold all last night. I'm very grateful to be married. My wife hooked it up. I had like a shower on at like 2 a.m. But we alive. We genuinely have breath in our lungs this morning. Our feet really hit the ground this morning. You may have already ate or you're about to eat right after this. You're really about to do that. Why? Because you are alive. We alive. City Life, if we have not gotten the chance to meet, my name is Ashton. I am a minister in training here, and I get the honor to do that here at our church, City Life. Bear with me today. I will be sniffling, coughing, um, and doing that, as you can kind of hear throughout the congregation as well. If you're online, shout out to you. Uh, But it's real. Not only are we in a season of coughing and, and sneezing, we're in a season of Thanksgiving. I do not just mean Thursday. We are in a season of thanksgiving for the rest of our days. Psalm 118 verse 24 reads this. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Each and every day we are called to thanksgiving. I like to look at the word thanksgiving. Maybe for you it's thanksgiving. And you can switch it around and say giving thanks. You see that? It's this practice that in societies for years and years and years and years and years, people have practiced, especially in the community of believers. I am thankful today for City Life. I'm thankful for our pastor, Jerome, and the leaders throughout this building. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for my wife. And I am thankful for most of all what God has done, allowing us to be here to gather together in the name of Jesus safely and uh, be able to, you know, talk about Jesus and his word. Um, To preface today's sermon, I love crafting messages. Uh, I get the honor to work in Connect a lot of the time, so typically I'm in the hallway. But I love this opportunity. I love to study God's Word. I'm a Moody student. Um, I, I, I love to, you know, analyze scholars across the centuries. You know, I like the practicum that happens throughout the week beforehand as you get to implement what God is doing and what you're learning. I love crafting messages for God's people because it's worth it. But it's hard work. And every single time I'm reminded of doing or I get the honor to do a message, I'm always always, always just reminded of the faithfulness because this is about 3% of my week when you make a message, 3%. There's so much more. As you guys knew, you guys had maybe one to two to maybe we had three Thanksgivings. I mean, ministry is full of so much. And so I just want to give thanks to every preacher in Lansing, every preacher that's just been faithful to the word for decades because this stuff is worth it. But what I like is I have an expectation when I come in and I make a message. I have an expectation that I'm faithful to what God is doing through me and that I get then to like witness what he wants to do when you're in my heart. Through this little message we get, this little short window. And I was thinking about the expectation I have as I come into a Sunday. I was thinking about the expectations people have as they come into a Sunday. And I split it up into three categories. There's three different types of people that come to sit, that come to church on a Sunday morning. One, you have your traditional people that come. They come because they have made a habit, a ritual, a discipline. They have made it a a genuine practice to come to church, to gather with the saints week in and week out. Shout out those people, but they have an expectation. Secondly, you have the individuals who are forced. They heard that verse beforehand. This is the day that the Lord has made, and let us rejoice and be glad in it. So mom said, let's go to church. And thirdly, you have individuals who that this was, their, this was their thanksgiving, this was their family, that the week was hard, that life's hard, that there's holes, there's gaps in their soul, that nothing can fill it. And so they said, I gotta give church a chance. See, all three of these individuals have expectations. If you're coming because you've made it a habit, you've made it a ritual, you've made it a tradition, a practice, a discipline, you have an expectation to grow in love and to be taught and to learn how to make disciples better and better. If you're coming because you were forced, you have an expectation that I'm going to be fast or that it's relatively exciting or that there's lunch afterwards. Thirdly, if you are coming in light of the last one, because life's hard, you have an expectation for God to move in your life. And I want to I plead on behalf of that person for all of us that we shift to that expectation for God to move, not just today, but for the rest of our days. Let us pray. Jesus, thank you for family. Thank you for city life. I mean, this is a genuine gift we get to gather amongst the saints. God, thank you for letting us do this. Have your way, Jesus. I pray every single person that comes today is, 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 Give him more passion to love Jesus and make disciples to the best of their abilities. In Jesus' name, amen. Expectations are good. God follows through. If you seek him, you'll find him. The title of today's sermon is We Alive. That's right. We Alive. We Alive is a song on the One Project. If you don't know what the One Project, that's sometimes what you'll see these little music videos. We'll check out We Alive later in this sermon. But the One Project's heart, it's like a heartbeat. It was a heart cry. It's it's an experience that has three different ways you can interact with it. Read, listen, watch. You can check out the OnePlus commentary. You can check out any of the songs. Anyways, We Alive is a song on the album. We Alive. And the way today is going to get broken down is we're going to talk about we, and then we're going to talk about Alive, and then we're going to dovetail at the end about Thanksgiving. We says this, not you, not me, we have this call to unity. There's been this undertone at City Life the past couple weeks that was not planned. Two weeks ago, Scott Hayes came in the pulpit, and he preached a message about the speed of unity. Devin then came up last week as one of our ministers in training, and he preached a message of glory and unity. And then November took place, and that was all, every single Wednesday, we gathered all races, all ages, all men, women, couples. Everybody came Wednesday night, City Life and Kingdom Life, in a thing called Unite. And I was sitting there and I'm like, whoa, God, you really did this because no one planned for this to happen. But there was this message of unity being told to City Life. And today we're getting a chance to talk about that because I think God has something to tell us. We is obviously not easy because there's a dark side to it. Because we, if it was so easy, our world would look a lot different. The main narrative right now currently and across majority of people groups is this idea of hate. The opposite of we, this disunity. Across the majority of world history, if you go way back, you'll see there has always been some form of hatred amongst people groups. We has never been easy. We're reminded right now, if you and I turn on the media, any media stream, you will be, you have uh, God's creations displayed in the hate between them. We is not easy. And I was, I was studying the opposite of unity, disunity, um, I was looking at a guy named William Barclay who, who did um, some studies of the Jewish and Gentile in the merging of the church and in the initial like old church Moody had. His quote read this, the Jews had immense contempt for the Gentiles and the Gentiles said that the Jews' only purpose was to fuel the fires of hell. That was the belief. That was the common belief before when you read the scriptures and you check out Ephesians and you check out, you know, oh, man, you know, one church. This is awesome. The undertone was pure hatred between the two groups. There's no way we could be called to unity. You know, it's, it's moments in history like that I think can only grieve God's heart. And as you and I become closer and closer to Jesus, it grieves his heart. In a practical sense, I I love volunteering in the schools, shameless plug. If you get the chance, please do so. Come through to lovethecity.org, check it out, come sign up, serve in the schools. It is a genuine privilege. But there is some days we'll witness a fight. And when you witness a fight, it's genuinely one of the, to me, and and I'll I'll put my my personal hat in too. When I used to fight as a little kid, you know, someone called me the F-A-T word, and it was game over. Anybody use the F word, that's what I call it. The F word is F-A-T. It was straight hands. But there was a genuine thing that I, I, I get grieved in when I see at, you know, one of the schools, whether it's in Lansing or not, when two kids get in a fight. Why? Because they're not acknowledging their siblinghood. Oftentimes, they're fueled by some hatred, something of trying to prove themselves. Or Ashton, take, for example, sixth grade, and the kid uses the FAT word, and I hit toss him because I had the wrestling background, and then with a one-two combo, and... And then I remember getting so sad because I realized I wasn't, I'm not a mean guy. I looked at him as if he wasn't my brother, and I should've. I thought, man, that grieves my heart. When we miss out on looking at our brother and our sister as our brother and our sister. Friends, we is not easy, but we are called to be one. And that's God's heart. If you're in this room and you believe in Jesus, uh, you might remember the subtle temperature change that happened in your heart. Maybe it was dramatic. Uh, for, take, for example, um, when I accepted Jesus, I realized there was these, the, these subconscious things that, that just ended up happening. Like, I wouldn't necessarily put personal attention to this growth, but rather I would just automatically start thinking different things, thinking better, thinking, you know, more holistic uh, as, I, as, I, as I followed Jesus without even trying, but just by being close. I'll, I'll explain some more. I remember my mom, she was going through a situation, and she was deeply hurt. Physically, emotionally, mentally, it was a really hard moment of our, uh, of our past. And I remember being so frustrated in my core, but then this quote, this phrase popped in my brain, and it said, Ashton, you would rather be burned over and over and over again than to be the person that can't trust again. And I paused. I was like, that's not my thought. Like, genuinely, that's, Ashton's, that's not Ashton's thought. Ashton's thought wants to, remember, throw hands, one-two combo. But there was this subtle change in my heart that my mindset wasn't at beforehand. But as I followed Jesus, subconsciously I started to adapt. I have a a transition for this, I promise. This new part of Ashton felt like a new human, but I embodied all of my characteristics. I followed Jesus and I changed in here, yet I was still my same person. And so the next uh, slide says we equals one new humanity. One new humanity. Christ died on the cross for a purpose, and that purpose was for you and I not only to be reconciled, I love what Scott Hayes says, vertically with Jesus, but yet to be reconciled with each other, to become one with each other, we. But what I love is one new humanity does not necessarily dictate we're becoming a new race. Like the Jew did not become Gentile because they were unified in Jesus. Does that make sense? I did not change my outward uh, uh, characteristics by any means by following Jesus, yet my heart changed. See, one new humanity does not refer, like I said, to switching our outer characteristics, but instead instead discovering a fullness of God's picture. See, we let us see the big picture. In our dream team rally, we hand someone a puzzle piece every single time they say they want to be a member, a part of the dream team at City Life. Why? Because we realize that we need each other, because we're one, to build out what God's picture here is in Lansing. Different, but one. Distinct, but one. There's a cool little phrase that is used sometimes in theolo- theology circles, is diversity and unity. And this is what we're after when we're talking about unity, when we're talking about we. Diversity and unity is God's desire to show. What I mean by this is diversity and unity is best displayed in a couple different places, and I'll share a couple examples. One is the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Completely different roles and perspectives, yet one, all God. I like this one. Monique and I. Monique and I are married. We are one. But we are very different looking. She's small, and I'm relatively larger. She's, thank you, I appreciate that. She is good at dance, and I'm way better. Don't, I'm just joking. She's crazy. If you see her do the ice cream song, she crushes it. Because I'm hideous at dancing compared to her. We are different, we are distinct, but we are one. We're entirely different, but we're one. See, this one new humanity is what you and I are called to. You and me are different, but yet we get to see the fullness of God's picture when we're together. One new humanity. Ephesians 2, 18 through 22 reads this. For through him, we both have access in Check. Oh, yeah. All right, we're going to start over. Ephesians two eighteen through 22. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Next slide in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. See, this one new humanity has three um, certain categories I want to I wanna nail down right now. See, when we are found in one new humanity as we put our faith in Jesus, our unity with God is in three places. We are now reconciled as fellow citizens in God's kingdom means you and I live under a different rule. Once we become one in Jesus, we're in the society of God's kingdom together. We're part of the same unit, this is so special. Secondly, we are members of the household of God. It's familial. And third place, as a dwelling place for God, by the Spirit. Friends, we are called to live under this new rule as we put our faith in Jesus and live in the kingdom of Jesus. I like this because it makes me think of, you know, the, the, the command when someone asks for your tunic, you don't only just give them one, but you give the one off your own back. See, when we live in a new society, when we function as a new humanity, as we function as we, we realize we are, we are moving differently. Secondly, we are not just alone. We have family. That Jew and Gentile were not just distant cousins or members of the same society, but rather they were also Brother and sister, they were members of the household of God. And thirdly, Devin crushed us last week, talking about where the spirit resided at one point was Mount Sinai. And at, later on, it was the tabernacle. But what I love this is that when Jesus came and died on the cross, he tore the veil for the spirit to reside in us. God resides in you and me. We're the moving temple for Jesus, for his spirit. Friends, the point is, we is not easy, but we is a call of Jesus on our life. We are called to be together. We are in a time when the world wants to isolate itself. Whether you're on Team AI or not, ChatGBT, it doesn't matter. Screen time, all of the isolation, all of the stats about depression, anxiety are on the rise of the, like the multi hundred percent in the past few decades. I mean, our generation, our society, our world is getting farther and farther apart, yet more and more connected. Quotations. What I loved about Jesus is he called us into not just a I play, but a we play. When Jesus walked into the scene, he initiated his ministry. He called the disciples to follow them. He didn't do it alone. Jesus, the son of man, this like, like seriously, God's son, came into the scene and said, he went and go picked up this uncanny call of Avengers, which in all reality, of Avengers, sorry. Of Avengers, but in all reality, was these disciples that were the band of misfits, and he called them to follow him as he made disciples, as he initiated his own ministry. What do I mean by that? Is Jesus walked in this world, his ministry in community. The call is for you and I to do the same. The call isn't just my relationship with God, and it's me and me, and it's just the I songs. It's actually we, a unit together. We. Ashton, why go so hard on we? I thought it's we alive because we have never tasted what it means to be alive if we haven't tasted community. If you haven't gotten the chance to taste what it looks to be up, um, up close and personal with individuals, you have not tasted what it really means to be alive. God's call is for you and I not only to put our faith in him, but to do it together. So alive. We alive. To preface, I have a message of good news. Our Savior, Jesus, he died on the cross for you and I, the Son of Man, God's Son. He took our filthy sins to the cross. He died, thus paying the price of eternity by his death. He rose again and conquered death. And it's that moment in history that allows you and I to be together. and allows you and I to live day in and day out with Jesus. Friends, if you're in Christ, if you've accepted that message, you are more alive than you ever could be. Ephesians 2, 4-5 reads this, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in the transgressions. It is by grace you and I have been saved. Today is a statement potentially for your first time or maybe for your hundredth that we are alive in Jesus. What I love is there's so much joy when you're like, oh man, we are alive, and we can talk about it for this short segment of our week. But Proverbs 17, reads this, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. The truth is, we know the truth, oftentimes. You might come in here for your first time, and I pray you accept that message. I pray you accept Jesus in your heart. But oftentimes, you and I might have been walking with Jesus for one to 10 to 20 to 30 to 50 to 60 years But we can still feel that broken spirit. Oftentimes, it's the idea of the we, the community, that has tainted our ability to even wanna be alive. I want you to journey with me on this um, passage because it's Psalm 77, 1 through 15. So it's a little, are you guys still with me? Okay, cool. Psalm 77, 1 through 15. I want you to journey with me on this passage um, because there might be a person in the building today that has been feeding themselves with that narrative. Where, when life hits hard, like one, two—that's from the Wheel Life song. That they've been feeding themselves this narrative of pain, of death, of hurt, of isolation. But in all reality, that's not God's call for our life. But that doesn't mean we don't experience it. Psalm seventy-seven, one through fifteen, reads this: "I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and He will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek." The Lord In the night, my hand is stretched out without weary. My soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. You hold my eyelids open. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old, the years long ago, and I said, let me remember my song in the light. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit made this diligent search. Will the Lord spurn forever? and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at the end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? Then I said, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Pause real quick. Yes, I remember your wonders of old. See, on the first nine verses, Asaph is this worship director, and this is a psalm. A psalm is similar to a song, and it was sung typically. And what I love about the first nine passages is because it's so gruesome and real. He says, in the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. He goes, and he said he's doing all the right things. means he's been following Jesus for the time being. Like, he's been after it. But he said, when I think of God, I moan. That's 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 pain language. That's hurt language. He said, when I meditated, my spirit fainted. He said, Man, I, I I when I consider the days of old and the years long ago, he's just like, I can't even begin to fathom all the pain. But he says this in verse 10: I said, I will appeal to this. Basketball has that's a pivot step. He pivoted. Yes, it's hard. When life hits hard, like one, two, inevitably, Things will be difficult. Inevitably, alive is hard. Yet Asaph hit the pivot step, the worship director, and said, I will appeal to this. And that's when he goes on. To the years of the right hand of the Most High, I'll remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I'll remember your wonders of old. I'm going to ponder all your work. Meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy, and what God is great like our God. It closes up like this. You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You with your arm redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. I think that pivot step is so crucial because Jesus, because Je- friends, Jesus never said that this life was going to be easy. We said this oftentimes when, we, when I got saved, it was this little phrase. It was this faith walk ain't no cakewalk. And to be honest, the majority of us in this room have experienced deep-seated, deep-rooted hurt and pain. But what's sad is we oftentimes allow this, our, our view of a perfect God be impacted or infected by the view of imperfect people. And what Asaph did here and was so, so powerful for this time and age is they appealed to something greater. There are circumstances he wasn't seeing God's mighty hand, but he was able to practice gratitude. And so what I'm going to take a second is, is that was the psalm, that was the song for then. And I think an awesome appeal to today is a song from the one project, We Alive. Check this out.
2: here.
0: Yeah. Took a lot of L's, felt like losses. But the L-man learned so often. Mistakes buried, get a quick funeral, a slow reflection, a new direction. We beat the odds, who am I kidding? We beat nothing, it was God with the live, Blake Griffin. In his prime, O'Bron dropped at 50. Copy heroes Mr. the power in the indie overrated i spend it i lend it i lose it i save it money can't buy it no matter the payment man i learned to be still look mama we made it now my net worth is my network never losing investing in people is the best work pump huh? is the song that you bump when it sucks jam full of love we alive and that's enough we alive we alive Advice I ever got. His be you, please don't ever stop. There is no box. Blast off, astronaut. Have a little on the outside, inside have a lot. Me v me, me, we v we. Security in the king better than ADT. Big league dream. Now we got that big league team. In community, diverse, so unique in unity. I remember tuning in. They playing our song. Yeah, station's local, but boy, it felt global. And marrying Crystal was the best decision of the years. When the kids were born, couldn't barely hold back the tears. This world tries to take the best of you. Got got to turn into a party like a festival. Uh. If all the ones feeling overlooked, be an open book. Let them all yeah, look. We yeah, yeah. alive.
1: ministers to our soul. Romans 8.18 reads this, that I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. And that was actually the next verse after what Tanika shared. I think there's this call to be thankful. And Psalm 100 reads this. It's a psalm of thanksgiving. Let the whole earth shout triumphantly to the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us. We are his, his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness through all, all generations. I'm not trying to discount pain. I don't want to do that. Because it's real. What you and I have experienced, what, what I know there's individuals in this room that have, have seriously encountered some hard things. What's happening in this world is hard. But as Asaph did, as Jerome does in the song, there's this pivot step that let's appeal to something bigger. Let's appeal to something higher. Let us worship. Let us acknowledge who God is. Let us do it together. Cause it's not just I'm alive. It's not just you're alive, but rather we alive. It's a together movement. And so the team is about to lead us in worship of acknowledging our God. And we're gonna do this kind of double seated two times at the same time, worship. Because on the screen is gonna be a format that's probably familiar to a lot of us. And it's this this practice of gratitude. So if you wanna put up the Thank God We Alive, as we're about to jump into worship together and sing song, I would encourage you to, to try and Think of something you were grateful for yesterday. And if you have to swing back to Thanksgiving or the week before or just something in the past month or the year, whatever it is, I challenge you to think about something that you're grateful for. Not just then, but I've challenged you to think about something you're grateful for today. I peeped this and, uh Monique was getting the Kid City thing. She's teaching in Kid City today. And she, she there's a little video and it said, it, it, it was telling our kids this in the back. It said, um, once we, Once you tell yourself you're grateful for something once a day, for three days, your brain like rewires. Now, how is our Kid City already talking about that? I don't know, it's freaking awesome. But, because there's a call to do this together. There's a call to be grateful. And so friends, do me a favor, lean in, you can stand, you can kneel, you can sit, but we're gonna worship in two different ways, song and gratitude. Thessalonians 5 1 through 5 and 16 through 18 read this. Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly, as labor pains on a pregnant woman, they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so this day should not surprise, surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness down to verse 16, rejoice always, pray constantly and give thanks in everything for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I grabbed this because I felt like the Lord was laying in my heart. Man, we have to live as if we don't know tomorrow. We alive is a call to live as if today is our last. And that's not just YOLO or funny cliche sayings, but rather a genuine call to live alive in Jesus and to share that message with anybody and everybody we know. But don't do it alone, but rather do it in community. So the call to action today, City Life, is get deeper. Know somebody you don't know. Get deeper with the people you do know. And I know I'm preaching to the choir because I feel like we have the best church on planet Earth. But continue to get known. Surround yourself around a community of believers. If this is your first time, please take that step. Please head to the Connect Center. Please say what's up to a team member. And get known. Get close. It's not just a Sunday morning. A time of Thanksgiving, all of this. It's not just a Sunday morning, but rather the rest of our lives. Let's be consistent with that. And I promise you City Life is going to hold up their side of the bargain Because... We're going to be here next week, 10 o'clock at 1130. All races, all faces, and all ages, you belong here. We're going to keep loving the city one life at a time, and we won't stop until he comes back and makes all things new. Love you guys. Have the best day of your life.